0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello Colts fans and welcome to
1: the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell and we have a great show for you today because the short-handed Colts went into Arizona on Christmas Day and gutted out another victory. We're going to recap the game. We'll discuss takeaways. And we'll check in on the Colts' playoff hopes, which are looking pretty darn good. Uh, you know, spoiler there, looking good with two weeks to go. But first, Mike, we got some news to talk about, and it's not very fun news, because the Colts are getting hit hard by COVID-19. Uh, we always said it was a matter of When, not if, and it's funny, we're just talking last week on Wednesday, man, the Colts have really done a good job of avoiding COVID-19 to this point, and it's almost like we jinxed them. Uh, Several players added before the game, the latest news is that today, Monday, uh, I guess a total of six players added to the COVID list, Um, right tackle Braden Smith, the most notable among them, but also cornerback TJ Carey, running back Marlon Mack. Safety, Jaleel Adai, who filled in on Sunday, and linebacker Malik Jefferson. Uh, And then the sixth would be a practice squad player, cornerback Chris Wilcox, which at a point like this when, you know, Colts are just looking for depth, any player even on the practice squad could be a significant loss. So, Mike, um, on top of that, the Colts had already lost Darius Leonard, both guards, Quentin Nelson and Mark Lewinsky, safety Kari Willis, corner, cornerback Rocky Sin, wide receiver Zach Paschal, and defensive end Kamoka Ture to COVID before the Cardinals games. And uh, it's just really running through the Colts at any minute. I feel like I'm going to check Twitter and see another player on the COVID list. But thankfully, they were able to win on sat- Saturday. Not sure how much they can keep this up if COVID's keeps running through the roster like it is.
0: Well, the problem is, like you mentioned, well, you know, Chris Wilcox, who's on the practice squad. Well, they called up like six practice squad players on Saturday because of COVID. So all of a sudden practice squad players, and and they treat it this way normally is they're an extension of your active roster. And I tweeted out earlier today and, and it's the elephant in the room. Hey, 14, it's, it's awful. 14 guys on this is awful. But as long as it's not your quarterback, I think you can make do. Quarterback and Jonathan Taylor. But let's keep in mind, Carson Wentz is unvaccinated. And and if he goes down, that, that's 10 days minimum. So I think they can, they can as they showed against Arizona, they, they can do a lot of things to, to patchwork and adjust and tweak. Lose your quarterback, and then you've got Sam Ellinger, Brett Hundley, and James uh, Morgan. If they don't, if they're not included. So this is, this is the virus doesn't care. It just doesn't care who you are, what you are, what position. And losing a player of, uh, an, I'll quit mentioning his name. Losing an unvaccinated player at this point, it, it's 10 days, and it, depending on when it is, it could take you into the playoffs. So all you can do is, Frank Wright called it a healthy tension. Uh, I call it crossing your fingers, so we'll we'll see what later today, what tomorrow, and what Wednesday holds for these guys.
1: Yeah, we kind of talked even before the season started when we got word of the NFL rules about how being unvaccinated uh, was really significant with the way the rules are set up because it can mean you miss ten, you know, two games instead of just the one. Like for example, Darius Leonard, uh, to my knowledge, is still unvaccinated, so the Colts will not have Darius Leonard for the Raiders game. Uh, if Quentin he was Nelson. Vaccinated, Quentin
0: probably Quentin Nelson.
1: And Quentin Nelson. I'm not sure about Mark Lewinsky or all the other guys. I don't know everyone who is and isn't. Uh, if you see them wearing a mask, there's a good chance that they aren't. Uh, that's part of the protocols where uh, the mask rules are a little more lenient for players who are vaccinated um so it it does make a difference we talked about all year why it makes a difference and it's making a difference now Uh, I guess you know trying to put a silver lining on this once based on my understanding once you get COVID and recover you're pretty much good for about 90 days or so so the timing of this at least in terms of guys like Darius Leonard Quentin Nelson the rest of the gang they should be ready to be back and ready to go by playoff times as long as You know they're not an unfortunate case of where COVID really keeps them out for longer. Um, So, but with Carson Wentz, I mean, really, it could hit him at any time. Uh, Fingers crossed, it won't, because you can't really do a whole lot other than keep your distance, wear your mask, and wear your fingers. uh, Cross your fingers, but it's it's looking really difficult at a time like this. And Mike, for all the depth, and we'll talk about it, the depth that was built on this football team. For it to come down to that backup quarterback spot, maybe the one spot where depth hasn't really been adequately built built up, it, it could be it could be trouble for this team.
0: Well, we've we've talked about it all year not not necessarily for COVID reasons, but for for an injury reason if your quarterback gets hurt. But no, it, and again, it, it, this this will be an issue when it happens. And you know, if, if you look at the, the worst case scenario for the franchise. Is let's just say Wentz uh, test positive. He misses a couple of games. Somehow they get still get in the playoffs. They still get in the playoffs. But 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 he can't play because this extends. You make playoffs. You're one and done. And oh by the way, you lose the first round draft pick uh, because of the trade and the snap. So it could go sideways. I hope it doesn't. This team showed against Arizona that even in that situation when they had 9 to 11 players out, depending on the the point of the game, that they came through. But I go back to the same thing. They're very good at adjusting and tweaking at almost every position. I don't know how you adjust and tweak when you go from a veteran quarterback to two quarterbacks who haven't played. Uh, Ellinger's played like 18 snaps in mop-up and Morgan hasn't played, and Hunley hasn't played since whatever it's been, 2017, so this is where it could really go sideways. We, you know, you hope it doesn't, but I just don't think you like to be in late December, January, crossing your fingers, and that's where they are.
1: Yeah, that's where they are, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the worst of it has hit the Colts and the they can move on, but this is something that's impacting just about every team in the league right now, and you never know who's going to hit next. So uh, hopefully by Thursday show, we don't have more COVID news for you, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, going from bad to maybe some more positive news here. Colts had a league-high seven players selected for the Pro Bowl, including... Kenny Moore there was a huge campaign on Twitter the fans really went behind him and I mean he deserved it he's one of the league's best cornerbacks maybe the best inside cornerback Uh, so it's great to see Kenny Moore get his first Pro Bowl selection along with more Jonathan Taylor long snapper Luke Rhodes were all elected to their first Pro Bowl and then players uh making their third fourth in the course case of DeForest Buckner his second Pro Bowl were Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Darius Leonard, and then Buckner there. Uh, Great to see those guys selected for the Pro Bowl. A league high, a little surprising for the Colts, but you know what? They definitely deserved it. All those players are very talented, and they might not be done. Six Colts named as Pro Bowl alternates, including Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman Jr., Bobby Okereke, cornerback Xavier Rhodes, running back Naheem Hines made it as a punt returner, And then wide receiver Ashton Doolin made it as a special teamer. Uh, For time purposes, and because I'm sure our co host Dave Griffiths would love to weigh in himself, we're going to get a little bit more into the Pro Bowl on Thursday. But great to see all those guys uh, honored and get the respect they deserve because each and every one of them is very good at their job. Last bit of news here before we get on to the game recap. Uh, On Sunday, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that the NFL fined Patriots safety Kyle Duggar $10,000 for that altercation with Michael Pittman Jr. last Saturday. Pittman Jr. and T.Y. Hilton were not fined, so uh, I guess I'll just leave it at that. The league definitely saw Kyle Duggar as the worst offender in that incident. All right, game recap time. It was a big one on Christmas Day. The 8-6 Colts visit the 10-4 and four Cardinals. On top of all the players the Colts had out with COVID, Indianapolis was also missing Pro Bowl center Ryan Kelly. For personal reasons, you got to f- continue uh, uh, to give prayers to the Kelly family. They really need it right now. And then also safety, Andrew Sandejo missed a game with a concussion. So, Mike, they were really down three safeties between Blackman, Willis, who got who was on the COVID list, and Sandejo with the concussion. But that was not all. Tight end Jack Doyle left the game on the second offensive play with an ankle injury. And left tackle Eric Fisher left the game in the second quarter with a knee injury. It's not completely clear the severity um, of either guy's injury at this point. We will certainly keep you updated as we find out more. Uh, another guy who left the game, left guard Chris Reed, he came out in the second quarter, went into the blue medical tent, but was able to return for the second half, thankfully, because it got to the point where the Colts were just running out of bodies out there, Mike.
0: I think they had one offensive lineman uh available, I think it was Carter O'Donnell. Uh he would have been the next the last man up, so uh that's why I say they they and they did a pretty good job of mixing and matching, the running game was struggled though because of that, and Winch was under a lot of pressure. I always we'll try to keep it brief in our comments today, but it's it's one thing to rely on on backups short term. The the longer you 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 have to rely on your depth, you find out why there are backups on your depth. So hopefully they they can get some people back in the next game or two because you don't want to see it like that. Uh, for over a long period of time.
1: Yeah, you know, the first two linemen go down and Ryan Kelly and Glowinski and you say, okay, you know, I have confidence in Danny Pinter. I have confidence in Chris Reed. We've seen them start before this year and play well. But then once you lose three, four, at one point the Colts were down five offensive linemen. You only start five offensive linemen. Uh, you're going to have to start putting Mo Alleycox out there to block people. Uh, Thankfully, it didn't come to that, but... Uh, let's get to the game here. Arizona, they started with the ball and the Colts saw a lot of Zacherts and Chase Edmonds early in this one. Cardinals get to Indy's 33 yard line, but the defense would hold time for a Matt Prater field goal from 51 yards out. It's no good. Indianapolis with one stop on one position. Good start for the defense. Colts take over at their 41-yard line. Jonathan Taylor rips off a 43-yard run on the game's very first play. A few plays later, Taylor gains four yards up the middle, but is stopped at the one. This brings up third down. Wentz drops back to pass, has time in the pocket, and finds T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. does his little dance there. Colts up 7-0. Mike, the protection really was solid on that play for Carson Wentz, and for most of the evening, I mean, there were certain time, certainly times when the defenders got to wince in the backfield, but I would say most of the evening, the pass protection was pretty solid considering all the pieces that the Colts were missing.
0: There were three or four times when you needed extra time to throw, and you'll, you'll talk on it a little bit later on. And it held up pretty well then. Again, so some of these uh, routes took a little longer to develop. And this one here where where TY had to flow across the back of the end zone. So it's it's like life's about timing. It's all about timing. And if you hold up at the right time, you make plays, and that's what happened on this one.
1: I would say the offensive line definitely held up at least as good as it did back in the Andrew Luck days. Colts hold themselves to a higher standard at this point, but kudos to all those guys filling in out there. All right, Cardinals are down seven nothing at this point and they're looking to respond. Their drive starts at their own 10-yard line. But Arizona approaches midfield after a couple first downs. Then on first and 10, Kyler Murray takes off for 57 yards. He is very difficult to get your hands on. Brought down at the two-yard line. And then after being stuffed on first down, Chase Edmonds punched it in for the touchdown. But Matt Prater's tough night continued. A missed point after attempt. Colts keep the lead 7-6. Indianapolis has the lead. They're trying to extend that lead. A 26-yard pass to Ashton Doolin. And a couple penalties on Arizona has Indy at the Cardinals' 35-yard line. But the drive would stall. And this brings up Michael Bagley for a 53-yard field goal. It's on line, but it doesn't quite have the distance. Field goal is short. No good. Cardinals take over at their 43. Ertz and Edmonds team up and get their way to the Cardinals' 30 Zaire Franklin comes up with a big stop on 3rd and 2, but Arizona decides to go for it. 4th and 1, Kyler Murray lobs a pass down the left sideline for Zach Ertz, who makes a diving attempt. It's initially ruled a catch, but replay showed that he juggled the ball as he was rolling out of bounds. Huge stand by Andy, Colts take over at the 29. After Michael Pittman Jr. picks up 10 yards on 3rd and 4, Carson Wentz drops back to pass. When Chandler Jones comes around his blind side and knocks out the ball, Cardinals recover. Disaster for the Colts, but hold up—an illegal contact penalty on Arizona's secondary wipes out the turnover. Indianapolis would end up punting, but huge play for the Colts. Huge break, really, Mike. Those are the kind of plays we've seen completely turn the game around. It brought back, you know, nightmares of the Tampa Bay game, um, but thankfully. The referees kind of bailed the Colts out with a penalty there.
0: Or, or the Cardinals did because what they have eleven penalties in the game. Yeah. It's it incredible how undisciplined they were. But no, that's one of those you know, what, what might have been. And they caught a break there. And again, they they couldn't uh cash in on it, so to speak, but but they but they did uh maintain possession and then the punt by Sanchez or by Sanchez just knocks the Cardinals back deep and a lot of good things happened out of that.
1: Yeah, the the punt from Sanchez gets the Cardinals back at their 8-yard line. On 3rd and 7, a bad snap gets past Kyler Murray. He runs into the end zone, scoops up the ball. But with the defender bearing down on him, he just kind of chucks it over his shoulder. Uh, Intentional grounding call. An intentional grounding in the end zone equals a safety. Two points for the Colts. 9-6 is the score, and the Colts get the ball. A little over four minutes left in the half. And the Colts' drive starts at their 32. Carson Wentz picks up a third and five with his legs to avoid a three and out. Then he completes three straight passes to Michael Pittman Jr. for a total of 33 yards. A fourth consecutive pass to Michael Pittman uh, is not completed, but defensive holding is called on the Cardinals. A little bit of a ticky-tack penalty there, but hey, we'll take it. We've seen plenty go against the Colts. Um, First and goal. At the 13-yard line for Indianapolis. But then those penalties start hitting the Colts and it kills the drive. Badly field goal. This time is good from 41 yards out in the final seconds of the half. Colts going to halftime up 12-6. to Gotta be happy with that start for Indianapolis. Doubling up the Cardinals in an ugly game. But at this point in the game, they had made less mistakes. Colts get the ball to start the third quarter. And Indy reaches the 50, but on third and 11, Carson Wentz is sacked by safety Buda Baker, who had a huge impact in this game. Indy has to punt the ball away, and this is when Indy and, this is where Arizona gets a little tricky. On the punt, the returner faked like the ball was coming his way. Meanwhile, the ball was coming down on the other side of the field, where cornerback Byron Murphy fielded it. And ran it back 48 yards to Indianapolis' 42-yard line. Really faked out the defenders. Uh, that's one of those plays where the Colts' special teams, you know, running as fast as they can down the field. They're not looking up behind them at the ball. They're looking at the player they think they have to tackle. When oh, the guy on the other side of the field actually fielded the ball, smart play by Cardinals really gave them a spark. And then from there, the Cardinals would just need three plays to find the end zone. Short pass to Edmonds gains 11. Then Murray has the ball lateraled back to him on a trick play. He gained 17 yards on that one. And then the very next play, a perfect throw from Murray. Murray Gets the ball just past the outreached hand of Isaiah Rogers. 24-yard touchdown down the left sideline. This extra point is good. Arizona takes their first lead of the ballgame, 13-12. Colts start at their 25, and they're driving into the Cardinals' territory. Third and three, Jonathan Taylor stopped for a one-yard loss. Fourth and four now at Arizona's 36. This is kind of the range where, you know, you're not close enough for a field goal, but you're far enough down the field that you don't really want to punt it, so Frank Wright goes for it. Carson Wentz's pass for Michael Pittman falls incomplete, however, and the Colts turn the ball over on downs. But the Colts' D stepped up at this point and forced a three and out on three straight Kyler Murray incompletions. Uh, third and four now. Colts have the ball and Wentz finds Mo Alley Cox crossing the field. Alley Cox rumbles for a 37 yard pickup. Perfect ball placement from Carson Wentz. A couple plays later, Colts face third and seven at Arizona's 29 when Wentz finds veteran T.Y. Hilton for an eight yard gain get the first down, but after Taylor gains just two yards on his next two carries, the Colts face another third and long, and they can't convert that one. Indianapolis settles for a field goal, Bagley knocks it through from 37 year, yards out, and the Colts take back the lead, 15-13. to 13. Beginning of the fourth quarter now, Arizona faces a third and 10 from their own 37, but A.J. Green beats Xavier Rhodes down the right sideline for 33 yards, first down. From there, the Colts defense would stiffen up yet again and force a 41-yard field goal attempt. Matt Prater is no get good, missed another kick, third miss of the game. He missed from 51, 41 yards, and a point after try. I mean, I get the 51-yarder, you can only blame him so much for that one, but all of those three kicks combined, Prater left seven points on the board in a game where the Cardinals lost by six. 11 minutes remaining, and the Colts need to score. Indy faces a second 17 after a Danny Pinter holding penalty. But on the very next play, Carson Wentz finds Michael Pittman Jr. again for 20 yards. A couple plays later, he hits T.Y. Hilton deep for 39 yards. And on third and nine at Arizona's 14, Carson Wentz makes the play of the game. He avoids the rush. Rolls to his left and slings a pass through the defense before taking a hit. The ball rifles right through the secondary and finds the hands of Desmond Patman. Not Pittman, Patman in the back of the end zone. First career touchdown for Patman. Extends the lead for the Colts, 22-13. to 13. Indianapolis with six minutes left to play. Mike, there was a few times in this game where Carson Wentz uh, kind of miss a few open receivers or make a hard on his receiver by, you know, placing the ball a little bit behind them, whatever it might be. But on this drive and the Colts needed it, Carson Wentz made play after play and Frank Wright kind of talked about before the game, at some point Carson Wentz is going to have to win the game for us. Well, Wentz did just sat on this one.
0: Yeah. And again, that was one where that might've been his best throw as a Colt because he's, he's kind of floating to his left and he, and he, and he wings that ball sort of back across to, to to Patman. And again, I thought initially all I saw was a one. So I thought it was Pittman. But uh, this is Wentz. This, this, this is fans kind of, they're up and down, and he's good, he's bad, he's what? This is Carson Wentz. He, 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 he's not that consistent guy. He's going to make some bad throws. And he had some bad throws. He flat missed guys high and off target. But boy, when he had to, the, the drive of the game. Uh, a couple times after they score and he and he drives them down. This was the one that I really thought his defining moment is as a Colt. And he he, maybe he he goes out next game and he's just awful, but when he had to do it, they knew they had to score in that situation. It was really a clutch throw, and that's that's what you've got to have your quarterback do make the tough throw in the tough spot.
1: He made a tough throw in a tough spot, and at this point, the D. Needs to make a big stop in a big spot. And they do just that. After one first down, the Indianapolis defense forces a turnover on downs. When the Cards go for it on 4th and six from their own 43, Colts take over. They fail to get a first down on this possession, but through three straight runs, they force Arizona to take two of their timeouts. Colts punt the ball back, up by 9 with under 4.5 left. Herds get the ball and they're driving, but the Colts don't give up any big plays. They make them dink and dunk all the way down the field. On third and goal from the 10, Cardinals decide to kick a field goal with about 40 seconds left. Interesting decision there. It's now 22-16, a six-point game, and Arizona tries to stay alive with an onside kick. But Michael Pittman Jr. has other ideas. He recovers the kick, the Colts take a knee, and this game is over injuries mike do we have any updates on any of the three injuries i remember eric fisher with the knee jack doyle with the ankle and chris reed with the back though reed was the one who was able to return
0: i was told that eric fisher is not a long-term issue which in you know late december i'm not sure what what long-term means uh they think there's still a chance he plays Sunday, but you know we'll know. But as as the week goes on, no update on Jack Doyle and the fact that Chris Reed went back in uh was very encouraging. Again, although back issues could they, they flare up, and you just never know how it's going to be day to day uh with, with the back issue.
1: Gotcha. Well, y- y- you never know um until Fisher is out there. uh You kind of hold your breath, but it's encouraging to hear from a knee injury with your left tackle that he might be back sooner rather than later. Hopefully, at very least in time. For the playoffs, and then um, we'll definitely keep you updated on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone with news and notes. Can't wait to hear uh, what the deal is with Jack Doyle, he's extremely important. Frank Wright noted that Jack Doyle's absence kind of changed what they were able to do on offense just because he's that important to the team as a blocker. All right, Mike had to run so he could take part in Frank Wright's media session. But we'll keep it going right here, and we'll start with takeaways. Takeaway number one, Carson Wentz came up big with a fourth quarter game-winning drive when they needed to have it. I mean, Wentz on the day, 18 for 28 for 225 yards and two touchdowns. He certainly misses throws at times, but he finally came through in the clutch for this Colts team, really his shining moment as a Colts so far in his career and he did so with a makeshift offensive line and a group of weapons that is far from ideal Michael Pittman Jr. is an extremely talented wide receiver Ty Hilton's a, a crafty veteran at this point in his career but he certainly well past his prime and then after that I mean they, they were even down Zach Paschal uh, he, he threw the game winning touchdown to uh, Desmond Patman for Patman's first career touchdown so Patman may go on to have a wonderful career, but that just kind of goes to show what Wentz did with what he was working with. It was pretty impressive. Uh, And Wentz has had really an overall good year so far. We were just waiting on that moment where he kind of carried the team to victory, and he did so on that fourth quarter drive. This was Wentz's seventh game this season with multiple touchdown passes and no interceptions. That's the third most in the NFL this year he also has eight games with a 100 plus passer rating which is tied for the third most in the NFL this season so Wince all in all has had uh, a very good season for the Colts and finally comes through in a big game in the fourth quarter to kind of will his team to victory takeaway number two Hey, the Colts remain undefeated when Jonathan Taylor rushes for over 100 yards. He had some tough sliding on in this one, especially considering he finished with 27 carries for 108 yards. Very first play ripped off 43 yards. Cardinals defense really stiffened up on him after that. Uh, it wasn't always pretty, but the Colts stuck with the run, which was important in a game where they just didn't have they just didn't have the guys to you know, just drop back and pass every play. And we've talked about in shows past how that's not how the Colts are going to win anyway. So sticking with the run, very important. Even when uh, you're not always ripping off these big gains, you're not always making positive yardage, it does have an impact on the defense. It wears down the defense. It, It keeps the offense and the offensive line in a physical mindset. And then it makes things easier for the quarterback. Taylor on the season leads the NFL with 1,626 rushing yards, and he has over 1,900 yards from scrimmage. Taylor needs just 84 more yards to pass Edron James' single-season Colts record of 1,709. I think there's a pretty darn good chance he gets that on Sunday against the Raiders, even with an offensive line that might once again be depleted. Moving on along here, takeaway number three, the defense came up huge. They held Arizona to just 16 points. They didn't get a takeaway, and they didn't have any sacks, but they just played solid ball. They held Arizona's running backs to 59 yards on 17 carries. That's 3.4 yards per carry. So they really didn't let them get anything going with the run. Um, And then, you know, other than Kyler Murray taking off on that, 157 yard run. They held him uh, in check too. Kind of made him play from the pocket for the most part in this game. You can't you can't keep Kyler Murray down the whole game. He's just too good of an athlete. Uh, but I thought the defense did a really good job. EJ Speed led the team with nine total tackles. He also had one pass defense. He did an excellent job playing uh, for Darius Leonard, filling in for his position. And then safety George Odom did a good job filling in for Kari Willis. Odom tied EJ Speed with nine total tackles. Odom also had a pass defended there. Beautiful pass defense where he kind of came streaking across the middle of the field, diving uh, effort to break up the ball there. This defense, while they didn't really have a turnover, although I'm not sure why a sack or a safety isn't counted as a turnover. I mean, the Colts, the defense scores on the play and then, The offense has to punt it back. So I I don't know why. I would like a good explanation for why safety isn't counted as a turnover. But nevertheless, the defense, uh, with a lot of backup players filling in, played very well for Indianapolis. And then the last one here is just Frank Wright deserves a ton of credit. Despite relying on a lot of backups and fill-ins, the team made very few mistakes. Indianapolis had no turnovers in this game. Five penalties for just 40 yards that's compared to Arizona who had 11 penalties for 85 yards uh, I think Frank Wright's name needs to be talked about more in the coach of the year uh, discussion I know Bill Belichick's getting a lot of credit for the effort he's done with a rookie quarterback but Colts beat the Patriots this year uh, and the Colts have done a lot with what they have as well brand new quarterback at the helm I get Carson Wentz uh, more should be expected out of him than a rookie quarterback but I think what Frank Wright has done with this roster through the ups and downs, leading them back from a one and four start. I'm not saying he's the coach of the year front runner, but he's definitely in the discussion uh, as a coach of the year nominee. All right, let's go ahead and kind of zoom out here, take a look at the AFC South and then the AFC playoff picture as a whole. In the AFC South, the Titans. Came back to beat the 49ers on Thursday night football, 20-17. to Really rooting for San Francisco hard in that game as a Colts fan. And San Fran was up 10-0 at the half, but just couldn't hang on. Tennessee's loss would have put them in a tie with the Colts at 9-6. Instead, the Titans advanced to 10-5. and Tennessee would have to lose their final two games against Miami. And Houston and the Colts would have to win out for Indianapolis to win the AFC South Uh, that just doesn't seem very likely and according to 538.com the Colts have just a 10% chance to win the division there Uh, so would have been would have been a lot more interesting if San Francisco could have held on and beat the Titans but nevertheless Titans still the front runner with just two games to go the Texans had a shocking beatdown of the Chargers, 41-29 and the game really wasn't even that close. Uh, a win knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs for now. And the Texans, uh, you know this is a this is a team who has some surprising wins this year. They surprised us earlier when they beat the Titans. So so who knows 538.com. Maybe the Texans can beat the Titans in week 18 and allow the Colts to win the division if everything else goes right. But we'll just have to go one week at a time and see. Last team in the AFC South, the Jaguars. They keep their hands on that first overall draft pick by losing to the Jets 26-21. Bad news for the Jaguars and this young man. James Robinson tore his Achilles. Terrible way to end the year for a very talented running back who... You know, all year there were reports of frustrations with how underutilized he was in the offense, um, and he is no longer available for them. The Colts will play the Jaguars in Week 18, and they will not have to face Robinson. All right, moving on to the playoff picture. In the AFC, the top overall seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. They have an 11 4 record, the best record in the conference. Number two, Tennessee Titans. They're 10-5. Number three, the Cincinnati Bengals at 9-6. And And the fourth division leader is the Buffalo Bills, who are 9-6 after beating the Patriots on Sunday. Looking at the wild card, the Colts have the top wild card spot with a 9-6 record. The Patriots are in the sixth spot with a 9-6 record. And then after that, we have the Baltimore Ravens who move back up. Uh, they just got smashed by the Bengals on Sunday, but they're still holding on to that seventh and final playoff spot at 8-7. Right below them, the LA Chargers. They have the eighth spot. They're 8-7. and seven. Then the Raiders are 8-7 and seven after their win over Denver. The Raiders will face Indianapolis in Indianapolis on Sunday. Huge game for the Raiders. And then... At 10, we have the Miami Dolphins. They're 7-7. They play tonight against New Orleans on Monday Night Football. After that, a few more teams are kind of in the mix here. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 7-7-1 record. They just got smoked in Kansas City. Cleveland Browns fall to 7-8 after Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions in a Christmas Day loss to the Green Bay Packers. And then Denver is 13th in the AFC they're also seven and eight and their offense just did not look like they really had it together without Teddy Bridgewater out there on Sunday the rest of the Colts schedule next week Colts host the Raiders in an AFC battle the game is clearly important to both teams I think the Raiders have a little more on the line as they try and fight back into the playoffs uh Even if, according to 538.com, even the Colts lose that game. They still have around an 80-something percent chance of making the playoffs. But hey, that doesn't matter. You got to go out and win, and the Colts want the best playoff seating possible. So big AFC game for both teams in that one. We'll talk about that a little more later in the week uh, when Mike and Dave can join us. And then the Colts finish the season at Jacksonville. And Jaguars have historically given the Colts a tough time, even in their win over the Jaguars this year. It was a pretty close game, not to blow out that many expected. So the Colts have two AFC games remaining, and they'll have to win both of them if they want to have a chance at winning the division. Currently, 538.com has the Colts' chance at making the playoffs at 97%. So it's looking pretty good for the good guys out there. But they got some more work to do. And hey, you never know. It's been a weird season, especially with COVID and everything going on. You don't know what might happen next. And I am not going to turn a blind eye to that 3% chance. So we'll have a game preview for you later on the week on most likely Thursday. um, As we kind of get back to our normal scheduling after the holidays and a couple Saturday night games kind of threw things off. Uh, we should be back on Thursday to preview that one. Colts and Raiders. Thank you so much for listening everybody. Again, my name is Joe Hopkins. Mike Chappell was with me uh, at the beginning of the show and then Dave Griffiths will be back as he usually is uh, on our Thursday night show or third yeah comes out Thursday night. we record Thursday afternoon nonetheless. Please, please, please do us a favor and download for us. Subscribe so that the shows come directly to your listening device. Follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone so that you get updates, uh, news, notes, everything that has to do with the Colts. We cover it throughout the week. Follow me on Twitter at RotoStreetJoe. More importantly, follow Mike on Twitter at MChapel51. And then if you want. You can follow Dave on Twitter, too. He tweets all kinds of good stuff about the Colts and Indianapolis sports at DaveG underscore sports. So we appreciate you listening, and we can't wait to talk to you again on Thursday, Colts fans. Take care.